Whether you've overdone it at the gym, at the dinner table, or on the couch, AHM Health Insurance have a cover for you. Join direct at ahm.com.au. For SEN America, this is the SEN NFL Podcast. Hello and welcome to the SEN NFL Podcast. A little light look at the NFL. I'm your host, Richard Garraway. Sitting across the desk from me is my co-host, James Arthur. G'day, mate. Hello, Richard. How are you? Good, buddy. Coming up on today's podcast, we'll hit on all the latest news. Got a special guest, Eric Wallace from the North Melbourne Footy Club is going to join us. We'll hit on James's brand new segment, Camp Crunch. We'll take a quick look at the Hall of Fame game and the Hall of Fame class. It's our ninth podcast, mate. Super exciting. There's actually been a football game. And did you know that the first preseason game of the year, which means nothing, the Hall of Fame game, did a better rating number in the US than the Stanley Cup decider. Yeah, I did see that. NFL rules. Let's go over the newsroom. It's time to go into the newsroom on the SEN NFL podcast. Okay, first thing we want to touch on, Steve Smith has decided to retire at the end of the season. He's gone with it nice and early so everyone can suck up to him during the season, say how good he was. Hall of Famer? Uh, probably not first ballot, but I think um, maybe in a year where there's not many big names, definitely. I think he will end up there, yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's got any chance well, do you actually first realize ballot. There was but... a three-year stint, I think it was 06 to 09. He was the number one receiver in the NFL for yards, touchdowns, and catches. Triple crown. Yeah, so that was you know three years of averages, but that was in the times Terrell Owens. I know Randy Moss had a couple of down years at Oakland, but... You know, there were some pretty good receivers around that time. He's put together a really good career, and I think being at Carolina for that for the massive chunk of it probably has hurt him. You know, it only hasn't really been the greatest, um, you know, the most noticeable club over the years. So, but in, in my mind, he will end, eventually end up there. Speaking of someone who probably won't, Alden Smith's been cut by the 49ers. Uh, he was pulled over for another DUI hit and run vandalism. This guy just can't get his life straight, mate. It... He's a moron. It's about his fifth run-in with the law in two years. They've given him so many chances, and they run out of chances. They've just cut him. But do you know what? In the NFL, he's already had two visits, one to the Kansas City Chiefs, one to the New York Giants. He'll, he'll, if he's avail- When he's available to play, he will have somewhere to play. Yeah, I think uh, from his other suspensions, he could well miss the entire year through suspension. He should. But... It wouldn't surprise me if he was signed before the next time we get together. No. Listen, we said the same thing. We got burned two weeks ago saying Junior Glett will never play in the NFL again. And, you know, egg on our face. Signed two days later. Exactly. So I'm not going to doubt anyone. Speaking of morons, Sheldon Richardson was arrested for excessive speed resisting arrest. He had three passengers in in his car, including a 12-year-old boy, the excessive speed was insanely fast. 143 miles per hour in a... Like, that doesn't sound right. That's way too fast. Must have been kilometres per hour. It was quick, whatever it was. There was also the good, fresh smell of weed in the car when he was pulled over as well. Um, he's already suspended for four games. What's uh, this going to get him? Oh, it, he should be gone. It'll probably add another six on, I think, because these are his only offences in the NFL. So it's been okay. The thing that worries me, he's got a 12-year-old boy in the car with clearly they've been smoking weed and just driving like an idiot. Yeah. The, these guys, there's actually... The NFL have a car service that will drive you if you're drunk at six in the morning, they will come and pick you up and take you where you want to go for free. Any NFL player has access to that at any time. So I don't understand why they would ever get in a car and do something like that. Yeah, sure, you smoke some weed, whatever. That's you know, that's not even the worst of it. Then to get in a car and pe- put people's lives at risk, you know, the Dallas Cowboys nose tackle, whose name slip he's slipping my mind. Killed one of his teammates a couple of years ago doing yeah. that. It's just stupidity, and it's the problem is it's just not ending. It's, they, the suspensions just get harsher and harsher, but they still do it. Yeah, it doesn't go away. Yeah. Um, now Matt Flynn just got cut by the Pats, and they signed Ryan Lindley as his replacement. Matt Flynn is a really interesting character. Well, he's been he's earned a lot of money for doing a lot of nothing in not the NFL, much. and he's, he was cut 
it was an injury settlement cutting. So basically, he was injured, wasn't going to be able to perform for the entire preseason. So they said, "Hey, how many you know, career yards reckon he's passed for?" I oh, know I cut you off then. Sorry, but that's okay. I think he went. I know we had a big game where he went for three hundred. I'm going to say seven hundred and fifty. Oh eight was his first year. Yeah, I'm going to say seven hundred and fifty. 2,500. That many? 17 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Well, he he broke the Packers' record. He threw six in a game, remember, that last game of the season. <laughs> that, that gets time. a lot of them. Yeah. It just, for a guy who came out of LSU as a national title winner, it's it's been a really interesting journey for him. I mean, he sat behind um, Rodgers for a lot of that, had that one big game you just mentioned, yeah. got signed to the Seahawks. On a he, big contract. He picked up about 20 million bucks for, for a year's not a worth. Damn. Never had to play any real money. He went to Oakland where most people go to die. He managed to escape to Buffalo for a little while. Then he went got signed back to the Packers because uh, when Rodgers had his uh, concussion. Concussion, yeah. And he ends up on the New England practice squad, I guess, as an experienced arm. Yeah, and now he's, and now and now he's back Ryan out. Lindley, you know, who's we saw him crash and burn as the Arizona Cardinals starter last year. Um, the other signing I really like from this week Tony McDaniel, who was cut from the Seahawks, a purely a salary cap cut, not a performance, has played every game for the Seahawks for three years straight. Really good interior pass rusher. He's going to into Buccaneerland. Really, yeah, he's going to pair up really well with um, Gerald McCoy and Bucks. I think it's a good signing. And it's an okay D line already there. And yeah. adding he he should he'll only get one on ones. You don't have to no, you know, worry about being being targeted good, against. Have a pretty good life there. So. Um, well, while, while we're in Buckland, Levante David signs a, a five-year, $50 million extension, $25 million of which is guaranteed. Big deal. Yeah, Good player. And, and it comes a couple of days after the DeAndre Levy signing, which was a four-year, $33 million, so a little bit more than him. But, you know, both of them are just the premier 4-3 linebackers. Um, you know, put them along with Luke Kukley and probably Thomas Davis from Carolina, probably the top four guys, and now they're paid like it. Levante David is an impressive football player, ultra-athletic. And Dondre Levy, interesting stat, played every single defensive down last year for the the Lions, the only player in the league to do so. Every down. That's an incredible statistic. It's unbelievable for a middle linebacker to take the hits and – Second in the league in tackles, so he's taken the second most hits in the but league. But even a game that might get blown out, often stars will just come out because no, it's over, is, whatever, they don't care. He plays every single one. Yeah, but every we single see one. how he goes this year without Ndama can sue in front helping him out. All right, we're leaving the newsroom. Got to Hold on a sec. We, oh. missed, we missed one thing. Sorry, mate. Rams quarterback Nick Foles signs a two-year extension. Oh, yeah, this came in late. Yeah. I don't like it at all. I don't either. Why would you bother? Well, it's, it's a $24 million extension. Now, it's it's so new the details aren't all out yet. They're expected to have about $14 million guaranteed. Now, he's still on a really crappy rookie contract. So I think basically what they're saying is, you know, Nick, you're going to start for us this year, so we're going to guarantee you the $14 million plus whatever you're going to earn this year, so $15 million to be, which is an average starter's wage for a quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. Um, here's your money for the year, and then if it doesn't pan out, there's no guaranteed money anymore. You cut him. You can cut him. You can always cut him next year if you had to. Um, but it's kind of an incentive. Hey, you know, you're a starter. You're not getting paid like one. Fair's fair. Here's here's some money for the year. Now, Geno Smith has got into a scuffle in the locker room, been punched, sucker punched, sucker even. punched. Apparently, yeah. In the jaw, busted. Eight to ten weeks out. It's, it's huge. He'll miss regular season games now. I've Jason Witten has played with a broken jaw before and a herniated back or something. Surely he can tough it out. All injuries aren't equal. You just don't know if the stability's gone in it and any hit will throw it out again. Yeah, you got to let you it. You can't. Hit. You can't yeah, have you're it. Right. It's huge. He was cut. What's what's his name again? See, you're throwing this to me on purpose because you know I'm going to say it wrong. And, and I've got it right here. I could just read it and say it, but I won't because I want to hear you say it. Anika Pahi. Yeah, it's close enough. That's close enough. He's been released. Basically, do you, do you know what the argument was about? $600. So basically, Geno Smith was supposed to go to a charity event, uh, youth camp. Geno Smith said, yep, all good, I'm coming. That guy bought his ticket. and He, he didn't go. No, his friend died the day before. I think his brother was in a bike accident. I read that his a close friend died. That's what I read on an article. Oh, right, well, you keep talking while I fact yeah. check. Either way, he had to get it. He had, he had to cancel the trip. Uh, the linebacker said, "You owe me six hundred dollars." Geno said, 
ain't no thing. And apparently, Geno said he gave it to him at the start of training camp, and it had been two weeks. So he brought it up with him today, and Gino apparently didn't like the fact it was brought up. Got in the a, locker room as well. I think yeah. it was kind of thrown in his face. You know, you didn't pay me 600 Yeah, and he, sort of imba- probably, he probably embarrassed him in front of everyone else, and everyone else was laughing, and it got End out of, of control. Day, what is $600 to these NFL players? It's an it's half an hour's work for them. Um, silly situation, and that guy's cost himself a job, and who knows if he's an on-the-fringe type of player, so who knows if he'll play again. And now the Jets have no quarterback they have Ryan Fitzpatrick, the Amish rifle. It's also uh, phonetically written here for it. it's M. Pauli is how it's pronounced. M. Pauli. M. Pauli. M. Pauli. Now, he's apologized to everybody, which is your go-to move. Now, this isn't an Alden Smith-type situation. He is not good in getting it signed immediately. No, and he, but he, nor will he get suspended or anything like that. It's They've released him because it was an issue, and you know he'll have to fight his way back on, but it could be difficult for a guy who's on the fringe like him. This is the best thing to happen to the Jets since the butt fumble. <laughs> Absolutely. Get out of the newsroom, walk across the hallway, into Camp Crunch. What's happening in training camp this week? This is Camp Crunch. Welcome back to Camp Crunch. Second week second week running. Really good last week, I thought anyway, because it was my voice. Um, straight into it, we'll have some hard-hitting points. Position battles are always first. Matt Cassell, obviously from the Buffalo Bills, he's competing with Tyra Taylor and EJ Manuel. Cassell will start the first preseason game this this Friday. But Rex Ryan, it's basically just a veteran. You know, who who are we going to start? Funny story. EJ Manuel the other day going against the third team defense. So these Drew are guys who Fumbled. won't be on the roster. His first pass was a pick six to an undrafted cornerback. His second pass, he fumbled the snap, then threw it into the feet of Eric Woods, his receiver, who kicked it in the air for another pick six to the same guy. So The same guy? The same guy. <laughs> so things are looking up down in Buffalo at the quarterback <laughs> situation. It's it could, it could cost them being they should sign a, a contender. They should sign Matt Flynn. They should do anything <laughs> be right now. He's three. Um, next position battle: Brian Hoy versus Ryan Mallett. No change from last week. They're still in a pretty even competition. Um, Brad Wing and Jordan Berry. We'll get to that when we do the game review. Uh, new position battle this week: Johnny Manziel versus Josh McCown. Wasn't in there last week because McCown was tipped as the hot favourite to start. Manziel struggling. He had a really, really good scrimmage the other day, and I not a I don't like to talk people up when they do really well, but I watched it. I watched his players. He looked exceptional, threw the ball deep very, very well. Now, it was just a, a scrimmage between you know between offense and defense from the same team, but it's something. All of a sudden, we're seeing some life of Johnny football. Um, well, the, the interesting thing about it is any preseason game, the starter's probably only going to get a series yep. in the first one where Johnny's probably going to get one to two quarters. Yeah. Of action. I think they play the Redskins first uh, Thursday US time, so we'll get it Friday morning. I hope he can play his way into the starting roster, starting quarterback job, because I think as a for Cleveland, starting Josh McCown this season is going to do nothing for that club in the future. Whereas if, if you can see, even if you start Johnny and he crashes and burns, then you go, you know, it's, it's similar with EJ Manuel when the Bills started him his whole rookie year. He played 16 games, and by the end of it, they went... Yeah, this guy's not the option here. And, and we almost, well, we didn't argue with Steve last week, but we were talking about, uh, don't give me Josh McCown. I, that's not going to give me anything. No. As a fan, it's just a football fan, get him away from me. Josh I'll, McCown, I'd rather see Johnny. Josh burn, McCown crash should burn. be in Green Bay, New England, Dallas, Denver as a backup Backing to up a, a really lock. good quarterback. So if any, so basically, as, as a if if, if he, you lose your quarterback for the year, it's a hey, we still have a chance here. That's what he should be doing, not competing for a starting job in Cleveland. Yeah, go Johnny, go. Yeah, starting up, um, coming up next, Todd Gurley. Still on the pup list. Oh, sorry, not on the pup list. He'll he will not be ready for the season open though. It's looking. That doesn't really surprise me. I think we were all kind of expecting that. Um, Hopefully he gets going sooner rather than later, though. Look, he will, but he had his knee injury late in the season. It's not even yeah. close to 12 months. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's it's just, just what the information is coming through. Joseph Randall looking really good in Cowboys camp. McFadden's still on the pup list, as yeah. as usual. He'll be there all year. He'll be cut. But, um, Joseph Randall's taking his chances and running with it, literally. So that O line is is pretty good, and he's taking he's taking advantage of it. 
Cam Newton. We. Uh, he, get, he gets in a fight. Gets in a scuffle. Remind me to bring this up with Eric when we have him on, because I'm pretty sure he's a uh, he's a Carolina fan. I thought it was great. It was hilarious. <laughs> it's a smile on his face. It just it made me happy. And you know what? That, you, you want that in your camp. Um, Redskins are starting tight end Paul over Jordan Reed at the moment. Jordan Reed is constantly talked about as this hot up and coming tight end. He's struggling to get a starting job. It, it, it's looking like he's not going to start this year for them. Have they a, said why? He he can't get open. I call, it open. I call it the Cadarrell Patterson rule. You're ultra athletic, but you can't get away from a cornerback. It, it blows my mind. It's just, he just can't run routes, and he's a terrible blocker. Paul is a more rounded player. Well, they need to be able to run the football to get the pressure off those crappy quarterbacks exactly. they've got there. Now, speaking of getting open, Amari Cooper down in Raiderland. Have you uh, watched he, any of the highlights? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, he is – you know, it reminds me of when Calvin Johnson – I'm not saying type of player. Remember when Calvin first came into the league as a rookie and everyone was like, yeah, you can see this guy's got it? Yeah. Amari Cooper is the real deal. What a steal the Raiders getting him in the draft. He should have been first off the board. And thank God he's got a quarterback with a big arm yeah, who can get who it will down get a downfield field to him. And he, what, he hasn't got the worst players around him. He could have a really good rookie year, and I, I hope he does. I think they need something good going on in uh, in Raider land. A feel-good story, Eric Berry returns to the field eight months after being diagnosed with cancer. Um, a lot quicker back than what we thought. We all know when Eric Berry's playing for the Chiefs, they're a much better football team. He's one of the premier safeties in the competition. You know, I'm really rooting for a guy like this. No fault of his. You know, you see idiots like Olden Smith throwing their careers away, and yet this guy does everything right, gets diagnosed with cancer. It's good to see him getting back on the field. And speaking of that, um, Jesse Williams, the monster, good Aussie boy, he's the same thing. He's returned to exactly. action as well. Um, it didn't have to go through the kind of treatments that Eric did, um, but he's back on the field as well after having his kidney removed yep. um, in the offseason. So hopefully... We can see him off the IR, which is what he's basically spent his two He's got a good chance of making the team because they've cleared out a few D tackles, as we spoke about earlier with McDaniel, to save cap. He's really He could be a good lock to be that run-stuffing D tackle for them, and um, we're all definitely rooting for him to get Absolutely. going. Um, just a quick one. Marcus Mariota hasn't thrown a pick yet in camp. Now, it is camp, but still, you know... It, is it a good thing or a bad thing? Is it because he's not taking chances in camp, which he should be? Because Winston's thrown a hell of a lot of interceptions, but he's slinging it around. So, you know. It also comes from you can throw a pick that's 100% not your fault. It mm-hmm. hits a receiver clean in the hands, he yep. bobbles it, and it gets picked off. Yep. But the fact he's thrown none, that's better than throwing 20. Yeah. Exactly. Jay Cutler playing much better in camp. Coach Fox says, looks like the old Jay. Um, and what was that? Yeah, let's let's wait for the regular season, Coach Fox. Oh, God, Jay Cutler. If it wasn't for his wife, I wouldn't have, a, I wouldn't have any interest in him. Um, another tight end, Jordan Cameron, still trying to get that brown stank off him. Uh, he's fully recovered from his injuries, and he's looking looking pretty good in camp. Hopefully he can get going for the Dolphins this I mentioned, year. Yeah, I've mentioned him a couple of times. Once when we talked about the yeah. Browns that he'd left and once with the Dolphins because he'd gone in. He's a good football I think player. he's a good football player too. He can get going. Um, <laughs> this, is actually, this is really funny. The Seahawks claim Jimmy Graham will block 75% of the time this season. Jimmy Graham True or have, false, Richard? Well, false. Jimmy Graham's just going to go home. Why would you bother trading for him and paying him? Why would you trade the best run-blocking center in the NFL to get a tight end who can't, can't block, block at to all. make him run block? It makes and no it, sense. So. And if he's blocking 75% of the time, he's ruining my fantasy team exactly. 75% of the time. Hey, hey, Pete Carroll, no one believes you, just for the record. Yeah. Um, I wish uh, you weren't a liar. Jay Gruden. <laughs> they're very good. Jay Gruden, RG3 showing improvement. Um, yeah, but that's like saying, oh, look, this baby can now walk. It's going to happen eventually. If you're that bad, <laughs> you've got to get better. Yeah, look. Uh, it was so bad last year. He was terrible last year. So we'll, we'll wait and see. But of course, if he's obviously he's going to be the starting quarterback or Jay will want him to be, Jay Gruden. So if he can't, if, if he's going to say nice things about him. Yeah. Um, Clay Matthews permanently going to stay at middle linebacker now in the base defense. So you'll see him, you'll see him be there for the run stuffing and then move go to the edge for the pass rushing. rushing. Yeah, that's a good move. I think it's a really good move. It, it probably saved their season last year. I think yep. we discussed it earlier. Um, we'll just have some some quick hitting injuries. Pretty good week for injuries actually. Other than Steelers kicker Sean Swees and tore his ACL in the preseason game, um, he'll be out for the season. Joe Thomas left the field with a leg injury. Didn't look too serious, but it, 
You wouldn't want it to be serious. No, he's he's a really good offensive lineman. He's the top left tackle in the league, I think. Agreed. Um, hasn't missed a down in eight seasons for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, that's amazing. It's not as... I thought that as well. When we get to the Hall of Fame section, you'll realise that it's actually not as odd for offensive linemen to do, to do that. It. But it's still impressive when it happens. Um, Falcons running back Devonta Freeman and rookie running back Tevin Coleman will both miss two to three weeks with hamstrings. That only happened yesterday. They're going to miss three of the four preseason games. They're their only two running backs. Uh, their officer can have to bring someone else in. Um, I would say a, a, Pierre, Cam. a Pierre Thomas or something like that. They're going to have to. They could get their uh, get Jackson back. Um, <laughs> Why well, to watch him not run anywhere? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the thing that'll hurt, especially Coleman, is um, yeah, you, that's all that camp you're going to miss. Pick all those preseason games, picking up the off. It's not good for a go, rookie. It's only two to three weeks, but it's at the most crucial time for them. If he wants to get a starting spot and get some carries, he needs to be performing right now. Um, Kevin White, Bears first-round pick, pick number nine, still yet to practice. It's starting to get concerning now. I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll play in the preseason. I'm. He's it's very not looking that way. Yeah, he's. Ve- he's and they even, need him. He's not even running yet. Yeah. So it's uh, very it, unlikely. Yeah. He's got a shin injury. Um, and still no news on Jason Pierre-Paul when he'll be returning to camp. The Gi- Giants doctor said they're not even sure what state his hand is in. We all know he lost his finger. But we don't know. No one from the Giants has actually seen the state of his hand, so I don't know what's going to happen there. It's a really intriguing story that we'll have to keep looking at. Coming up next, special guest Eric Wallace from the North Melbourne Footy Club will join us. Our special guest with us today, Eric Wallace of the North Melbourne Kangaroos. How are you, mate? Oh, well, How are you guys? Very well, thank you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for taking a little bit of time out. Um, obviously, people are thinking, well, it's an NFL show and we've got an AFL footballer on. Why might we do that? Uh, Eric is on the international rookie list with North Melbourne. Um, how do you find yourself in Melbourne, of all places, playing AFL? Um, well, it's funny. This is an NFL uh, show. Uh, it was it started because of me playing basketball and finishing up college. But... Um, just exploring all my options because I saw myself as an athlete, not not just a basketball player. So um, I entertained the idea of uh, actually trying out for the San Diego Chargers. But um, the workout never went through. I couldn't get down to San Diego during the time. But uh, my agent back home was, okay, he heard that AFL was looking to expand its international numbers. So um, they were, you know, trying to get players, basketball-type players down to L.A. to give it, you know, give some – some workouts uh, to do the combine stuff. So um, I kept it in my back pocket trying to get a better, good basketball jobs, and good jobs came through. But by the time August came, it was like I hadn't signed yet. So I was like, yeah, I go to Australia. I go to uh, L.A. for a free trip, you know, do the you know the combine workouts for two or three days and see what it's about. And uh, by the time it ended, it, was, uh, it became a decision of either go to Spain and play basketball or come to Australia and try to be the first American to play AFL on well, today's AFL. So, yeah, here I am in Melbourne. So, I'd so, be in Spain. There are times during preseason I wish I was in Spain. But. <laughs> Is, uh, were you shocked by how much running you have to do in the preseason? I knew there was a lot of running, but I was shocked. Yeah? I'm still shocked. It's very, fit- um, very fitness-based. It's, it's, it's ridiculous, definitely compared to basketball. Yeah. Um, you know, you could probably fit 20 basketball courts on the on one field. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, you get, basketball, you get used to, you know, resting at times and figuring out when when you can, you know, take advantage of a rest time. But footy is always on the move. And definitely me playing the Ruckman, you got to – it's really no time to stay still. So, yeah, yeah, it's a lot of running this game. And what about the physicality compared to, obviously, sports like basketball? And you, you said you played football mm-hmm. as, a, as a young kid. How does it compare phys- like the physical side of it? Um way more physical um uh after the games definitely we're playing senior level vfl and or preseason afl preseason um you're going home really sore yeah uh, corkies and you know your back sore your legs and everything but uh i look back and say i never felt like this after basketball game yeah um maybe after four basketball games in one day but uh you really don't feel like this but um it, it takes a toll on your body the whole game but um I think you get into the rhythm of game, recover, get ready for another game. Uh, you feel pretty good come Friday, Saturday. But, 
yeah, when I got here, it was uh, it was a shock to the to the system. Yeah, well, I bet. Where <laughs> did you play basketball in America? Uh, yeah, um, first college I went to the Ohio State University. Went there for for one the year. Ohio the State Ohio State University. State, that's uh, how you say national, it. National champs. Yeah, I uh, went there for one year. Um, we won the NIT championship, um, and I transferred uh, after that year um, to DePaul University in Chicago. Okay. Yeah, and. Um, Stayed there for about three, four years. Uh, broke my leg. Had to sit out one year. So I really only played two seasons at DePaul. Okay. Just, you know, unfortunate uh, incidences. But um, after that, I graduated from DePaul and had one more year of eligibility and went to Seattle University. I was going to say, I saw you. Yeah. I saw some highlights from, from Seattle, I think yeah. it was. You... Seattle was fun. Seattle was fun. It was, it was basically off the back of my broken leg and having graduated already have i got my degree um i really just want to see if i can still keep playing and have a good have a good year on my on my leg and see if it's healthy enough to keep going yep and um as opposed to going to another high major division one school um so seattle was was good to me then summer seattle was really great because so many nba players come from seattle and they come home and they do the pro-am and you, know, you got Jamal Crawford, Nate Robinson, um, Spencer Hawes, and uh, can name so many Terrence Williams. So many guys are coming home and they just playing games all week. And I was lucky enough to get in with them, and you know they helped me out getting some contacts to you know to go to Europe or something like that. But uh, yeah, then next thing I know, I'm taking a left turn coming to Australia. To yeah, play footy so, or what they say, rugby. <laughs> so <laughs> they they call it everything. Yeah, uh, we've both played. Um, Gridiron here for a long time, and you know friends who've you know known me for ten, fifteen plus years come and go. Oh, how's the rugby going? <laughs> and I don't bother. I go. I'm just, yeah, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> don't even bother. It's good. <laughs> it's uh, if you actually watch gridiron, it's nothing like rugby in no. any way. <laughs> but, no, not even a little bit, <laughs> except that you're running with a ball. Yeah. Well, in rugby, a lot more people get to have the ball. That's it, probably the only difference. Yeah. Um, so, who who are you a fan of in the NFL? Carolina Panthers. Uh, good. I, I don't ever, mind that. They're, ever not, they're not too bad. Ever since 1988. Ever since I was born, I've been Carolina Panthers fan. Beautiful. Did you grow up in the area? or? Yeah, I'm from uh, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, which is only about 45 minutes from Charlotte. So, yeah. Beautiful. Who's your favorite player at the moment? Cam Newton. Did you catch um, up with him when he was in, when he was I, I in Melbourne? To. I wanted to. I was I was actually filthy. I didn't get get a chance to meet him. Well, uh, he went over to Richmond. Like, why would you go to? You got, well, uh, as a as a Richmond fan, uh, I, I was happy to see him there. Uh, but come on. <laughs> well, gotta, he wouldn't catch up with us either, which we were shocked about. Yeah, I, I tweeted at him solid for a week. I let him know when I go home. With all our firepower from you know the basement of SEN, <laughs> uh, I thought he would have given us a go, uh, but apparently we weren't affiliated with Gatorade. I'll let him know about that when I go home. Yeah, yeah that'd be good yeah, if you yeah. could. Take it up with him. Do you uh, like Luke Kuechly? I do. Oh, he's a gun. Yeah, he's, him and Thomas he's, Davis, he's are two favorite linebackers. Yeah, he, um, yeah, you look back on definitely the team that uh, the Panthers team that went to the Super Bowl with, under Jake DeLome. Um, the reason they went off was to back off uh, defense. Yep. And Carolina's always been known to have a a good defensive unit, and uh, I think the past couple of years they've been trying to rebuild that. And Kikley's been really good to someone to really build around. So yeah, yeah. Well, you start there and work your way yeah, out. You have to. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Now Cam Newton did find himself in a bit of a scuffle at uh, training camp just yeah. recently. How do you feel about your quarterback getting into a you know, a bit of a fist fight at uh, at training camp? Um, me personally, I'm I'm okay with it uh, as long as he doesn't injure himself or. Uh, cause disharmony, but I always say if if a training camp definitely NFL if a training camp doesn't have a fight here to here or there, you're not having a good a good training camp. Um, you're really not going hard enough. You're not testing your players. You're not testing your teammates, and you're really not going to have a good year. You're just you know you're out there getting paid and oh yeah let's get through this month and you know you go home I'll stay or I'll, I'll go home you stay whatever. But when you got your leader really firing back at someone and not taking anything from anyone it's it's encouraging definitely as a Panthers fan have you seen the video of it yeah I have actually I love the smile on his face yeah, when he's he, got he was hold having of such a good time and he's, he must have just been thinking I am so much bigger than you oh he's huge he, he's twice the he's size huge. of Josh Norman the way he's standing over him with the big ear to ear grin it's yeah. it's pretty entertaining and that, that obviously shows that as soon as it ended they both got up yeah. Straight away, they slapped. There was no going. You, know, you, yeah. you got to be friends again. Yeah. They just slapped hands and went, "Oh, you know, we both got frustrated. Yeah. It happens." You know, and, and as you said, you are right. You have practices. 
when you're competing at such a high level against yeah. someone. And at that level in the NFL, it's their job as well. It's their job, yeah. It is a business. If someone makes a mistake, it could cost them a contract. There's, I mean, they're only going to keep about well, 53. Exactly. 53 players, and you bring about 75, something like that. Is that 90? Yeah, 90, yeah. So you're bringing out yeah. that many players. Yeah. And I think the managers know who, kind of know who, who they're going to keep. Well, but they reckon they normally know their top 40. They know, the yeah. yeah. And then there's some guys that's really competing. Yeah. yeah. Some guys that might have been on the list, might have been on three or four different NFL teams yeah. and really played some good games, but they're still ahead. I'm a, I'm a year-to-year guy. So I haven't found a home yet. I'm coming in to, you know, really show I can play. Well, yeah. s- speaking of being year-to-year, what's your plans AFL-wise? Yeah. What, what's your goals? I, I have read up you've had a pretty good year for Werribee. Yeah. Um, what, what's your plans next year? Uh, ideally, come back and play for North Melbourne. Yeah, you, um, you enjoy it? You, you love I, the game? Yeah, I like it enough. Yeah. I like it enough to go through another preseason. So. <laughs> you <laughs> you love that, right? <laughs> that running. But, uh, yeah, ideally, um, you know, come back and, and uh, keep the dream going. Um, yeah. You know, try to play an AFL game for North Melbourne. But, um, you know, um, that's that's one of those things that's kind of out of my control. All I can do is play as hard as I can. Yeah. Show the best footy I can, and can show. and. Uh, hopefully, coaches see enough uh, improvement that they'll bring me back and try it again. But um, you know, I definitely want to come back. But if not, uh, like I said, I'm I'm an athlete. I'm multi-dimensional. I mean, uh, came from basketball, tried was gonna try NFL, and came to do Australian rules football. Yep. So uh, I think the sky's the limit. I'm still, you know, my, at physical prime. Um, so like if it, if it if I had to take another right turn or left turn and try a whole different sport, maybe baseball or something like that, or cricket or yep. like cricket, that, don't try nah, cricket. I'm not boring. Cricket. It takes all day as well. Uh, yeah. You don't even get your weekend. I can't play, play a game in dress pants. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. So, so, so how, how old are you? Twenty-seven. So twenty-seven. So you're saying so you're, you're physically turning prime, twenty-seven, and I'm turning twenty-seven too. So you, what you're saying that we're both we in are, our physical yeah. prime. We're in our physical prime. Do you yeah. know, Richard? Yeah. This is me as this is as good as it's going to get. As we do with all our guests, we're going to take a photo <laughs> afterwards and we we post it out. And, and to all our listeners, they're going to see James is just a fat guy who's twenty seven, <laughs> and Eric is an athlete who's twenty seven. I do have a pretty good beard though. Hey. Well, I'm trying oh, to go. Eric's mine. is going all right. Me and, me and Eric are having a, a bit yeah. of a beard off at the I'm moment. I've, I reckon he'd have me in about two days. Hey. And our producer, Chris's beard. Um, well, we've all got what? beards, actually, all four of us. Well, do we call yours a beard, Chris? I've seen some young girls yeah. with more hair on their Peach face. Fuzz. <laughs> We're just trying to keep it nice and trim. You, you, so it doesn't get too over the top. You are a professional. You actually are an employee here, unlike the Exactly. Rest of I us. come to work every day. I have to look <laughs> respectable. So I've got to keep it tame a little bit. Fair enough. Now, I've got a quick question for Eric as well, because I want to be a part of this. I'm, I'm feeling a bit lonely in the corner are. here. Here comes the vulture. No one's talking to me. I'm, I'm getting a bit uh, nervous here. But um, obviously, here in Australia, we're very uh, patriotic towards all of our athletes. And uh, in particular, we've been seeing a lot of news coverage on Jared Hayne, who, yeah. of course, the uh, former NRL superstar who's gone over and uh, is now training with the uh, 49ers. What do you feel of his situation? Are you following that very closely? And what kind of chance do you give Jared of actually going over and, uh, and actually getting a game or, or even a contract spot with the 49ers? Um, I've been following uh, – I've followed enough. Um, I see well, – it's kind of like um, he's got a, more of a chance than me playing AFL. Um, yeah. Going over to play NFL. Um, definitely looking at some of his highlights, he's – Fitting in, he's getting touch, getting touchdowns, uh, you know, training camp and bouncing off guys like he does in, in rugby. Um, but just you know, throw some throw some pads on him and let, tell him to go straight and just learn the play playbook. Um, he's got a really good chance. So you think it is that easy to adapt his game from from playing rugby, rugby from to rugby playing gridiron? To, to gridiron, I think that'd be a um, easier um, an easier transition. Because um, you you kind of you kind of got the core concept of all right, run the ball forward and don't get tackled. Yeah. So and that's his job. He's running. It's back, just, just a matter run. of now running with pads on and helmet pads and all that sort and, of stuff. Yeah. yeah. But the biggest test is going to come when he has to pass protect. Yeah, that's that's what I was going yeah. to say. Pass that's where his biggest test will come because uh, for people who've listened to. NFL uh, sound effects and things like that. Those play calls can get really long. Yep. And your position, you got to find your bit of it, snatch that yeah. out and go, okay, my responsibility on this play is X. You get that wrong and Kaepernick, who's paid a hell of a lot more than he is, gets lit up or injured, yep. you'll find yourself sitting on the bench pretty fast because yeah. I bet Carlos Hyde knows he's 
you know, past responsibilities. I think that's where it's going to hurt him the most. He's got a good chance of getting on the practice squad, as I know we've said a couple of times. Yep. But I think hitting that 53 roster, if he does, it'll be a huge effort. And he has to show that he can play special teams also because yeah, he he's does. not going to be a uh, top – if he's on this roster, he's probably a fourth running back. So he's going to need to be able to play special teams pretty well, which, you know, in all seriousness, in rugby, he was tackling guys all the time. So he should be able he to tackle. He should know how to tackle. So then get him on kickoff, kick return, yeah. and that kind of stuff. That's what they need him to do. And we've heard uh, the reason why he decided to make the trip over, or part of it was because he had so much fun playing Madden. And he was good at Madden, so he thought, all right, I'm good at Madden. I can actually do this for a living, which sounds ridiculous. It is. Do you James think, is good at Madden, too. Do you think if the AFL actually Very created good. a video game that was any good that people would actually buy it, that we could actually find American athletes and bring them over because our game is so good? Because yeah. at the moment, it seems like... Australians want to play Gridiron yeah. because of Madden. We've got to get some blokes like you coming over and playing our game because of AFL, whatever we were going to call it. Well, there yeah. was AFL Live, which was an abomination of a game. But that's why we've got to find a decent one. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, got, I've got the game because I was just excited that, that <laughs> my, I was on it. Yeah. And I was, they were allowed to use my name. <laughs> really? Because <laughs> the college basketball games. Of course. They yeah, had the had had a Bannon yeah. But all you, all you have is your number and yeah. like physical, you know, similarities. Yeah. Like, yeah well, yeah, NCAA football now, they're not allowed to make yeah, it anymore. Can't, they, yeah, EA stopped making the it. the lawsuit just got finalized and the player's are going to get quite a fair payout um, for I'm taking... Paid. Yeah? Yeah. For yeah, taking the, the yeah. likeness, the likeness. For the, for the basketball the games, yeah. I, really? I, I, yeah. I filed my claim. Nice. I was waiting on Jack. I don't know how much it's going to be. I was going to say... if it comes, it's like $3. You're just going to be like, are you kidding me? Thanks. If it is something that ridiculous small, I wouldn't even cash it. I'd just frame it and put it in my yeah. house. Frame yeah. it and go, I You're part of history. PA. It's part of history, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's great. Yeah. It's like the um, when the NFL settled with the USFL, the judgment was $1, and they never <laughs> yeah, cashed the check. The, guy, the old commissioner of the old USFL still has the check. So what are your expectations for this season from an NFL point of view rather than you personally now? Let's look, let's look to your team. Let's look to the Panthers. What are you hoping from them? What are you thinking? I'm hoping... Uh Playoffs um, and win two or three, uh, win two in the playoffs at least. I'm hoping that, but um, that's just a the problem. I think last year was our offense. We just were too one one set minded. Um, it was either Cam Newton was going to hand it off or he was going to run it. Yeah, we really didn't have anyone to throw it to. Yeah, no Calvin Benjamin. On the outside. Benjamin was 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 a rookie. But um, really, you know, Olsen, but defense is going to chime in on him so much because he's our star player Yeah, that Cam's throwing it to. But, uh, they need to become a lot more consistent offensively. Yeah, we need the, the offense just needs a little bit more balance. But, um, yep. yeah, I mean, you still got Cam Newton in the back who's phenomenal. If he run. can get his accuracy, yeah. you know, just that, that, you know, I think he's, he probably throws it about yeah. 55% now. Yeah. If he can get that up to 60, yeah, 65%. He was, he was overthrowing a lot of players. Yeah, and, if he can get it up yeah. there, then all of a sudden you, that makes a huge difference over yeah. the length of a season. I think their defense is stacked. We discussed them a few weeks ago. They are a really good yeah. defense. Yeah. I had them the win the division, but Richard didn't. He didn't. He had... The Saints. The Saints. The Saints. That's what I said, Eric. I was like, are you kidding me, Richard? Old news. Yeah, I know. I'm all over them. So. I think they're going to have a resurgence. Yeah, you would, Richard. Yeah. Well, at the end of the season, we'll all come back and we'll sit around. I'll either say, ha-ha, I told you so, or I'll just not turn up. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll quit. <laughs> all right. Do a lot of the uh, North Melbourne players, are they, are they into the uh, gridiron as well? Have you kind of got them into it, or is there a lot of guys that are actually they're taking an interest into it? Yeah, good. Um, I came in and they're asking me if I if I know much about it. Oh, yeah, I'm around it all the time. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, they, they they love watching it. Um, you know, I think most, I think some of the boys will be tipping on it sometimes. But um, as yeah. long as they're not tipping on AFL no, games, AFL. that's fine. NFL, <laughs> NFL, <laughs> NFL games, N- NFL, <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> AFL. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's I think uh, the most unfortunate part is that we don't get a chance to watch uh, the Super Bowl. Because it's Monday morning here, oh, and we're in preseason. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, if they don't give it. Do you know what? you got to put in an annual leave day, ah, Eric. Just take the day off. You know, we're trying to be top four. Well, uh, last Florida. year's Super Bowl, I partied hard for both of us. <laughs> so probably for the whole room, Well, actually. I did get a chance to come in and watch the worst play in NFL history. Oh, thank worst you. play call in NFL yeah. history. Yeah, and they I still defend him. They still defend him. I don't well, get I, it. I, I, you, you did see uh, – uh, 
He did make a, a beer commercial that was actually poking fun at that play call recently. Yeah, yeah. I haven't. And he yeah. was on the league. Lynch also on, on the new episode league of the well. league. He makes really funny. How do you reckon Pete Carroll handles that? I actually think I really think this could haunt someone like Pete Carroll. He's pretty. Um, yeah, happy-go-lucky, you know, when he's at USC, he's got rappers on the sideline and there's Will Farrell and all that sort of thing. That's what he would do. And this must have been a huge hit to his ego. I mean, you saw the, the highlights after that got picked and his body language looked like he just, wanted, you know, fell apart. Yeah. I think it, it could stick with him a while. Not if they come back next year and win one, it's gone. No, everyone will forget. But if now, but... if if they maybe have a down year next year and then struggle for the next few yeah. years, then I think it, it will. If Let's put it this way. If he doesn't win another Super Bowl in Seattle or have a lot of success from now on, that'll be the last thing he's remembered by. Well, he's not exactly young. Well, yeah, and, and think um, about how long Tony Romo, when he dropped the snap in the playoff game. Yeah, it got reminded for years. How long that took. And, you know, he never won a, he hasn't won a Super Bowl, but he had a lot of, took a lot of success after that to get rid of the, yeah. the stink of it all, I guess. Yeah. All right, well, wrapping things up, we all hope you have a great season. Finish off strong. Where are we going to play finals? Uh, we are. Yeah? Um, as, yes, uh, we've won our last three. So uh, we're really trying to make a hard push. For, uh, into finals to get a better position. Uh, I think we're sitting six now, so that's pretty good. And really quick, who's your tip for the Super Bowl? It's early. It's very early, but you still got to give you. My tip. biased opinion is uh, you can't include your own team. <laughs> my biased opinion is the Panthers, but uh, going off of uh, uh, Cowboys. <laughs> no, don't. My dad do would that. be proud of me saying Dallas Cowboys. Yes. <laughs> My dad would love that. As long as you're making your dad happy and not this idiot. Eric, <laughs> we, we're going to be good friends, I can sense it. <laughs> uh, thanks a lot again, Eric. Good luck for the rest of the season. Thanks for having me. Finally, we've had an NFL game. The Hall of Fame preseason game, Steelers 3, Vikings 14. And wasn't it riveting? No. No, it was awful. <laughs> Look, it, it And I still watched it. The reason I like watching it and the reason more people like watching it than the Stanley Cup decider is that you get to have a look at guys and see how they've progressed. And just a quick quick few notes, Dre Archer looked electric in space. He is mighty quick. You can pair him up as the one-two punch with Levy and Bell. He, yeah. could, he could have a really good year. Um, also from the Steelers, Ryan Shazier, who was a high draft pick last year at middle linebacker for the Steelers, missed most of last year with injuries. He looked really good with flying around the field. Hopefully he can be what we need. Um, our man, Teddy Throzevelt. God. Yeah. Pause, yeah, pause yeah. for laugh. Yeah, insert um, the canned laughter there. Uh, <laughs> Eddie, he, but he looked really good, very poised. He went five of six for 44 yards, led led one touchdown drive in his two series, looked very impressive. Levi Jones is not a starting caliber quarterback. Nope. Newsflash, rookie Eric Kendricks from middle linebacker from the Vikings looked really good also. But let's get to what we want to talk about. Jordan Berry, Brad Wing, the Australian punt-off, the great Australian punt-tacular, as I like to call it. Pretty even match. That's uh, I reckon that's great, Richard. God, he's so down today, isn't he? It's just the no, pretty, normally you're funny. You're not Chris being funny. Chris is loving it today, and you were just down and out. All right, you've you've seen the punt, so have I. Brad took the first two, being the incumbent. And can I just say, boom? Yeah. Wow. Uh, one was a long of 62. 62. He got a huge piece that one. It flew. Um, Barry had the next five. A couple of them for literally were under the goalposts. He, kicked, he punted really well. I think he picked, punted okay. What made it look bad was he was backed up all the time, so it didn't look like they were long. And then he had the one that was returned all the way down to the one, and that uh, nearly went in. He whiffed the tackle on it too. But it wasn't his fault. Well, it was an punt okay returns punt. never are. No, it was an okay punt. He, they just And it was from a tough position. Yeah, look, I think overall, even with that, that punt. So if you look at their net yardage, which include net average, which includes returns. Yep. He still averaged thirty two, where Bradwing only averaged thirty eight, and he had a long of sixty two. So he's overall, you take that that big return out. Jordan Berry's probably been the better punter, but you just saw that first punt Bradwing unleashed. Yeah, for, it boomed. I it you boomed. heard it off his boot. It was it was a really really nice punt. It's hard to throw the incumbent out. The incumbent out. 
Am I struggling with this word? Yes, you are. Incumbent. <laughs> there you so go. Another situation. What, what was the one a couple of weeks ago? Uh, disrespute. <laughs> <laughs> no. The, the in- funny part, though, wasn't that you got it wrong. It was the fact that you were convinced you got had it, it right. No, and then I, it took me three times saying it again to realise. But you'd always thought it was disrespute? No, I don't know if I did. I don't know what I thought it was. I'd just <laughs> say it. It's everyone else's fault for not correcting me. Anyway, let's move on. Hall of Fame segment. Richie, start us off. Um, each year, for those who don't know, the Hall of Fame class gets inducted. Uh, this year... Have to be retired for five years to be able to. Got to be retired for five years. Then there's also the... Um, committee who can put in older players um, who take a look at who can look back because as every year goes on there's more and more players going into the pool and they only let a certain amount in every year. The class this year, Jerome Bettis running back, uh, Tim Brown wide receiver Charles Haley defensive lineman Bill Polian who we talked about um, in one of our first couple of podcasts um, as a front office executive Junior Seau, when I was First getting into football, he was the man. Um, a terrible story, but we'll come to it when we get to it. Uh, Will Shields, Mike Tinglehoff, and Ron Wolf with the inductees. Run back up to the top, Jerome Bettis, um, Los Angeles Rams, then Pittsburgh Steelers running back. He was a gun, um, nicknamed the bus. And if, if no one knows why he's nicknamed the bus... Get on and Google what he looks like, and I think you'll understand. And maybe watch some video of him running the ball because he ran like a bus. Um, quick story: they interviewed him afterwards, ESPN, and they said, "Now, Jerome, what, what's, who do you owe the most to be in the Hall of Fame?" And he, he threw out the usuals: you know, his father, who died a couple of years ago, his mother, his family, his coaches, and then his last one was, and of course, Ben Roethlisberger. They said, Ben Roethlisberger, he was quarterback for, you know, three or four years. How, how come? Because of a tackle he made. Yeah. We all remember the AFC Championship gate, uh, game against the Colts. Jerome Bettis, the one-yard line. They're up by four points. It is over. Jerome Bettis is going to punch this in for a touchdown. They're going to end the game. Jerome fumbles. Colts D-back picks it up. The Steelers have their goal line package in, which means there's a lot of fat, slow guys on the field. You see Ben Roethlisberger tracking backwards, running backwards, trying not to let this D-back around him. As the D-back scoots past him to clearly score, Big Ben just dives out and flicks his shoelace and trips him up, saving the touchdown. Pittsburgh Steelers end up winning that game. They end up going on winning the Super Bowl. And Jerome Better said, without that Super Bowl, I may not be in the Hall of Fame. So pretty interesting story that a quarterback making a tackle was his fondest moment. Saved it, got him in. Um, another one I want to look at... Um Tim Brown, 16 seasons with the LA slash Oakland Raiders. Um, unfortunately, he had to have one year in Tampa at the end there. Um, pretty incredible career, 100 touchdowns, for almost 1,500 yards, just short. Um, but he also had another 15,000 yards. 15, yards yeah. Sorry, He also had another 4,500 odd yards in returns, four touchdowns. For those who don't know, this guy has been and was electric for his entire career, going all the way back to Notre Dame where he was a Heisman Trophy winner. And a national title. Heisman Trophy winner. winner from receiver, was he? And return man. That's that's a good effort. Last one Notre Dame have had. Go all the way through his pro career. He was a gun. It was it was him and Jerry Rice. They they were the two elite receivers. And for it's interesting, years. you know, I've only been following football for probably 10, 12 years and I don't know a great deal about him and I really enjoyed reading up about him. He's obviously you know, everyone's heard of Jerry Rice, but he just kind of slips past it, which is he had an amazing career. Incredible career. Now, speaking of amazing careers, Charles Haley, a Dallas boy and 49ers player, 100.5 sacks in 12 years. Um, posted double-digit sacks six times, won five Super Bowls. He's also famous for a couple of other things, but he had a hell of a career um, and was a hell of a player. Only player to ever win five Super Bowls, two with the 49ers, three with the Cowboys. It's it's a pretty impressive resume. In that era where the NFC was just dominant yep, over was. the AFC. Yep. Uh, Bill Polian obviously earned all his reputation as a general manager um, at the Buffalo Bills, who went to those four consecutive Super Bowls, unfortunately losing them all, um, and at the Colts, where he won one, um, and he was executive 
uh, NFL Executive of the Year uh, six times. Yeah, that's impressive. I, I saw him another. I saw his interview after. Obviously, you should should look up all their speeches because they're all very interesting, in, in, especially Junior Sayo's daughter, which we'll get to. Um, but he, they asked him afterwards the interview, uh, "What do you owe your success to?" And he said, "I took t- I, I picked up two incredibly good quarterbacks in my career, Jim Kelly and Peyton, Peyton Manning. Manning." And you know, if he had. The, the year he took Peyton Manning, now everyone thinks back now and goes, oh, Peyton Manning was a no-brainer, number one pick, rah, rah, rah. No. False. Ryan, Ryan Leaf. Leaf was the hot quarterback coming out of college, and people are going, who's Ryan Leaf? For good reason. He never did anything in the NFL. Um, so he actually was, was ridiculed for taking Peyton Manning over Ryan Leaf. So, you know, everyone can say, oh, you know, it's easy to pick Peyton Manning up. It wasn't then, and it was a great, bold move on his behalf. It was 100% line ball, and... And Ryan Leaf's a tragic story. You want if 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 ESPN are listening, and I'm sure they are. The next thirty for thirty, jeez, make it about him. It's an incredible story when you go back and look at it. Yeah. Um, Junior Sale talking about incredible stories. Um, Twenty seasons in the NFL, one of the finest linebackers of all time. Eight Pro Bowls. Uh, sorry, twelve Pro Bowls. Eight All Pros. Uh, defensive Player of the Year as well. And that was before defensive player before um, linebackers were really recognized as defensive players. Like, I'm not saying as a, like in those award categories. Yeah. Back then, a linebacker was a linebacker. You hit the hole and you tackled a running back. But, you know, now they're, not, they're a lot more um, respected, I guess. Back then, winning that award was huge for a linebacker. Yeah, and, and the most unfortunate thing is Junior Sayer took his own life a number of years ago. Two years ago it was. Yeah. He, and the, and the way he did it was so his... A brain could be preserved and it could be checked for CTE. And if you're not sure what that is, go and look it up. It's far too detailed for us to go into now. It did turn out that he had it. Um, this is where all these concussion rules and things are coming from and the lawsuits against the NFL. And it was a little unfortunate that people who've passed away, the Hall of Fame, don't let their relatives speak because a few years ago, somebody ran really, really long. Yeah, um, so now they just don't allow it. Um and it's a shame because his daughter had some really she did good speak, things to not, say. Not on the podium, but she had a bit of a speech afterwards. And you know the way she talked about—not even as he, as a football player, but—and that's what everyone said about him. I saw um, Teddy Bruschi, who played with him in New England, who idolised him growing up, really talk about what kind of a person he was. Not really a player, and he just loved playing football. He just loved it, and he made everyone else love it. Yeah, and it's it's, it's just sad he's not. Yeah, the same absolutely. Because he was an absolute superstar. Um, let's move on to something a bit lighter. Will Shields never missed a game in 14 seasons. 224-game career with the Kansas City Chiefs. First-team All-Pro three times, 2000 team of the decade, 12 straight Pro Bowls. That's an impressive thing for a left tackle to play for that long. We talked about it with Joe Thomas. Very impressive. Agreed. We'll have to leave it there. For our special guest, thanks to Eric Wallace for joining us. For James Arthur, for our producer, Chris Tyler, behind the glass, I'm Richard Garraway. Thanks for listening. For more SEN America podcasts, head to sen.com.au. To keep up to date with the latest American sports news and interviews from around SEN, follow SEN America on Twitter at SEN America and on Facebook at facebook.com slash SEN America. You know what she said about the other day? She said you were a pot stirrer.